Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas, and Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBO picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. We've got a great show for you. It's Alex Fass. He does a great job of being the VP over there at Pitchers List. He covers a little bit of everything with regards to looking at these pitchers that are pitching right now in the MPB, KBO, the CPBL, what have you. He's going to be joining me in the second segment. We're going to be talking about the fact that Chang Mo Ku got absolutely destroyed by our good friends KT Wiz, a.k.a. Smiling Blobs, on Thursday morning. We're also going to be talking about how these pitchers are going to be trying to ramp up for the upcoming MLB season and how far we can expect the starters to go the first couple weeks of the season. So that's going to be fun in the final segment. Going to be giving you a side in total on every game on the Friday morning KBO slash MPB betting board as we touch them all. First things first, always love being able to answer your Twitter questions. You can fire those in at GNRSquare D1 if you send these via direct message. Well, letters DM to me, me does not matter, but if you send them into the timeline, more than happy to give you guys an answer. I did get in one question and it's going to go right in hand with our recap, so I'm going to be answering it right about now. What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out. I know like quite a few of you guys were not able to bet a lot of game twos of the doubleheaders out there in the KBO. I know a lot of people were asking why some of these books do not list game two of the doubleheader, 
For one, I think that there might be a book or two that might just be asleep at the wheel, but I think in most of these cases, it's because the KBO does not make their pitching matchups official for game two of the doubleheaders until game one is finished. So I think that that could be a big reason why you're going to find a lot of these offshore books and even some of these Vegas books may not be listing game two of the doubleheader because you think you know who's going to be pitching, but you just never know. Like with the Kia Tigers and the Lotte Giants, they had both of their doubleheader games get rained out because Dan Straley was supposed to pitch in game one. There was a time in which they thought they might be able to get game two in. So Dan Straley was supposed to go from game one to game two, which would have just made things completely herky-jerky. And as we know, with these foreign baseball leagues, unless we were betting at Pinnacle, you're really betting on the team and the team only. So I do think that that's a big reason why. But both those games, they wind up getting rained out. But we did, despite that rain out, have three doubleheaders. The NC Dinos and the KT Wiz, aka Smiling Blobs, played one. And the NC Dinos took game one by a kind of 3-1, to one, but with the Smiling Blobs, they wind up leaving 10 men on base. Just a whole bunch of missed opportunities. They had a man picked off a first, so things were not necessarily going well. I will say, Jay Sung Bay, hey baby, he didn't pitch too bad. He went six innings, he gave up two runs, both of which were plated in the first inning. Sung Bum Na was able to get a home run, a two-run shot in this one for the year. He now has 13 home runs and 40 RBI, so this guy's really tearing it up. And then later on in the game, Aaron Altair was altairistic as he was able to get a home run off of the bullpen so he was able to get that done. Hun Wujo was the man that gave that one up, but for the Smiling Blobs, they go three innings with the bullpen, give up one run. Mike Wright, he wound up being able to do a great job of evading danger. He goes five innings, gives up four walks, and has a hit batsman, gives up five hits, but he only allows one run despite allowing 10 base runners to get on base. And then from there, the NC Dinos bullpen, zero runs given up over the course of four innings. That was not the case in game two, as Cheng Mo Ku, who entered with an ERA right around a .82, got destroyed. He goes four innings, gives up five runs, four of which were earned. He had not given up more than two total runs in a start all year. And then for the bullpen, they give up 14 runs, 12 of which were earned over the course of four innings, including Sung Mu Hung. This is an ERA destroyer as he went one inning and gave up 10 runs. I wish I were kidding, but I'm not. He gave up 10 runs in one inning. That's the opposite of relief. And Minsu Kim, how about a good start for him? He does wind up giving up three runs, but only one of which was earned over the course of six and a third innings. This guy began the year as a reliever, and quite frankly, he was terrible as a reliever. In his four starts, though, he's actually been doing a solid job. He's given up three runs or fewer in all four of them. He's now won five plus innings in three of his last four. Perhaps the smiling blobs have found a little bit of something. Bullpen continues to be a little bit of an issue. They go two and two-thirds innings and give up three runs, all of which were earned but you know what's a very good antidote to that? Rojas being able to go three of six with a home run. This guy is absolutely tearing up the KBO himself. 384 batting average. Home run number 101 for his career out there in the KBO. Now has 15 bombs and 43 RBI on the year. Pekko Kong, he was able to get two hits and an RBI in this one. It was just a hit parade for this team as the nine spot. Wu Jun Sim, who was just badly struggling, was able to come up with four RBI. And then you take a look at the NC Dinos. They weren't able to get a home run, but Sung Bum Na was able to come up with three RBI in this one. For the Doosan Bears, they were able to put up a whole bunch of runs in the first game. Two touchdowns for them. Mitchell Trubisky is trying to take note of what this Bears team was able to do and try to translate that to his offense as they take down the Wyverns by a count of 14-6 for the Wyverns. Oh, Jung Hoon Park got destroyed. 
Nine runs given up over the course of three innings. Bullpen from there, they weren't in a good spot to begin with, and they didn't make it a whole lot better. They gave up five runs over the course of six innings. And for the Tucson bullpen, how about this? They wind up having their bullpen go six and two-thirds innings. They don't give up a single earned run. This Tucson bullpen has actually greatly improved. I will say this. Hugh Kwan Yu did not have a good start. Two and a third innings, he gives up six runs, all of which were earned. And for SK, even though they lost this game by a big wide margin, they were able to take the second one. The fact that they were able to get 14 hits was big because this was an SK lineup that was struggling, to say the least. Kung Min Kim was able to get three RBI and a home run in this one, and then for Doosan, I mean, it was just hit upon hit upon hit. Jay Kwan Kim was able to get a home run in this one. I believe that it was either a three-run shot or a grand slam. He now has 10 on the campaign. He's certainly been getting the job done. Jose Miguel Fernandez went 204 in this one, and JLO was back in the fold. Didn't have a hit in this one, but just having his bat back in the fold, big for Doosan. But then in game number two, the Doosan bats went cold as the SK Wyverns get a 7-0 win. A guy who they call Subby, Sungwoo Moon. How about him? He goes seven innings. He gives up four hits. No earned runs. Seven punch outs. Bullpen from there is able to go two innings. And in this one for Doosan, Young Ha Lee did not necessarily give the best of starts. Four runs given up in five and a third innings. Bullpen from there. They had been taxed in the first game. They wind up going a grand total of two and two thirds innings. They give up three runs, two of which were earned. So a little bit of a falter there, but they had been tired out. And in this one for SK, the big encouraging side, Jung Cha. He winds up getting a home run for this team. He now has for his career over 340 home runs. And he's starting to heat up for this team. All of a sudden, he's got eight long bombs, six home runs over the team's last 10 games. So he's been able to do a good job with that regard. Jamie Romack just won one of five. But Kong Min Kim, once again, three hits in this one. And then for the Doosan Bears, Jose Miguel Fernandez going over four. Certainly did not help out the cause. And then the other doubleheader saw the Kiwoom Heroes sweep the LG Twins. First one was pretty convincing by the Kiwoom Heroes. They were able to get a 5-2 win. They had a 4-0 lead in the top of the fourth inning. As in this one, they were able to get a home run off the bat of Ha Sung. Kim. He has been doing an absolutely terrific job for this team. Had three RBI in this game. Now for the year, he's got 10 home runs and 31 RBI for the Kiwoo Miros. Very good start out of Sung Oh Lee. He winds up giving up two runs over the course of five innings. Bullpen from there. Four scoreless innings, giving up just one hit. And for the LG Twins, Tyler Wilson been a little bit up and down this year. He winds up giving up four runs over the course of five innings. This is a man for the 2020 campaign as a 440 70 RA. Bullpen has been faltering a little bit when you take a look at this team. They wind up in this one going a combined four innings and they give up one run, so they certainly were able to keep the game out in front of them. And then in the second game, it looked like the LG Twins were really going to be able to get up off the schneid. They have been struggling a little bit as of late. They entered into the top of the seventh inning up by a count of five to zero. They give up four runs in the seventh, four runs in the ninth, and they lose by a count of eight to five, which really squanders a good effort by the LG Twins. Roberto Ramos was able to go two of five in this game, and for the LG Twins, they wound up having ten hits in this game, and the Kiwoom Heroes helped them out with two errors, as in this one, Han Hee Han winds up going five innings. He gives up two runs, both of which were earned bullpen. Actually gave up all earned runs as they wind up giving up a grand total of three runs over the course of four innings. But for LG, they really squandered a terrific start from Wu Chan Cha. He said Cha 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 to giving up zero runs over the course of six innings, which was huge because in his last start, he went one inning and gave up eight runs. So this is a confidence of player for him as bullpen gives up eight. Count them eight runs over the course of three innings. Now, they were a little bit tired, but still absolutely inexplicably bad. And for the Kiwoom Heroes, they were able to get those eight runs on seven hits as walks were certainly an issue. And Byung-Ho Park, he was able to get a grand slam in this one. He now has 11 home runs, 31 RBI. Led the KBO in home runs during the 2019 season. 
All of a sudden, he's got four home runs over the course of his last five games, so he's starting to find it. And speaking of a team that's starting to find it, the Hanwha Eagles have covered the run line in each out of their last two games. Don't call it a comeback, as they get to David Buck Buchanan by a count of 9-2 in this one for Hanwha. They were able to get eight runs up on the board within the first three innings. It was just death by a million cuts. They were able to get one home run. Ian Wan Jung was able to get that home run. He had four RBI in the game, and for Buchanan, he wound up filling six innings. I have no idea why he was left out there, but he wound up being able to save the bullpen, a bullpen that wound up going three innings. He gave up one run, and for Hanwha, Bum Su Kim did a good job of evading danger. 112 pitches. He goes six innings, gives up two runs. He wound up giving up six hits and three walks in the process, but was able to evade danger. Hanwha from there, they don't give up any runs over the course of three innings. And then taking a look at the MPB, we had some very interesting results. How about the Tokyo Yakult Swallows? They were able to swallow victory from the jaws of defeat as they were able to get a three-run walk-off home run as they are able to get a three-to-one win over the... Hanshin Tigers in this one. The hero, Nakamishi Nirishura. He winds up hitting that three-run home run for the Gulf Swallows. They were really coming up short a little bit earlier in this one as they had zero runs over the course of their first seven hits, and then they were able to get it going from there as Uminu was able to get a home run from the Hanshin Tigers, a team that had just 90 home runs in the NPB last year. That was the lowest out there in the NPB. You had our first tie out there in the NPB. For those that don't know the rules of the NPB, if you play 10 innings and the game is tied, it is ruled a tie, and that's exactly what we had with the Yamiori Giants and the Hiroshima Carp. And for the Carp, they wound up allowing two home runs in this one as... Hayatu Sakamoto was able to get his first home run of the year for the Yamiori Giants. He had like 40 home runs last year. This is someone that does a very good job for this team. And then the guy that was really able to tie this game up as he was able to come up in the 8th inning and he was able to hit a long bomb for the Giants was... Kazuma Okamoto, that is his second home run of the campaign. And for our good friends, the Carp, they were able to get a home run of their own. They were able to pump out 11 hits. And this is a team that's getting something out of Jose Perella. He was able to get an RBI in this game as well. So that was obviously very good for the team. And you do want to note that for the Yamiori Giants, this is a team that they actually have Ruby De La Rosa as their closer. He wound up being able to hold this game down in the ninth inning. And Geronimo Franzua, the product of Central America, he was able to do a good job of holding it down as well. And Taylor Scott, former Baltimore Orioles, not so great. He was able to hold down the fort to allow this game to become a tie as well. The Yokohama Dana Bay Stars said, a Bay Bay to a blowout victory. How about a 10-2 win for them? They were able to get a trio of home runs, including one off the bat of Tyler Austin, the guy that we remember from the New York Giants, New York Yankees, among other. His first out there in the NPB. This was one in which the Dana Bay Stars were able to just put it on early and often. They were able to get 10 runs over the course of 13 hits, scoring in five separate innings. And for the Chunny Churry Dragons, they wound up getting a pair of runs after they had scored two runs in their last two games, leaving a grand total of 21 men on base. They just weren't able to get as many hits in this one, so obviously they came up short there. The Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks, the team that has won the NPB five out of the last six years, they are now on a two-game winning streak as they were able to get a victory by a count of 4-2 over the Cebu Lions. As for the Lions, they wound up just not being able to get to Rick Vandenberg until the eighth inning. Rick Vandenberg, former Marlins pitcher, was able to go seven and two-thirds innings. He did wind up giving up two runs, including a home run, but by and large, he was able to get the job done. And Wilmer Ballantine, 
Not one, but two solo home runs for the South Bangkoks. Former MLB star has been able to get it done. And Kisuke Honda was the man that gave up both of those home runs to Ballantine. So, obviously, that was quite interesting in that one as the South Bangkoks looking to be able to get back to promise. They were on a little bit of a losing streak to begin the year. And speaking of a losing streak, the Oryx Buffaloes are currently 1-5. That would be the team of Alex Jones. They get eight hits, but the Chibalote Marines were able to get five runs in the first inning. That was all the scoring that was in this game. Five to nothing was your final end. What's even more interesting is that the Marines were able to get all five runs of the first inning off of one hit. No errors were committed by the Oryx Buffaloes. They got five runs on one hit in the first inning as rookie pitcher Ryota Marinucci looked about as lost as a snowman at a bonfire. He wound up walking five in the first inning. He allowed a big giant home run to the middle of the lineup to the Lotte Marines, and that was it. Brandon Laird and Leonis Martin, by the way, two of the best foreign-born hitters that you're going to find in this league. They wound up going and combined one of seven in this one, so that was very interesting. And the Nippon Ham Fighters, they were certainly battling in this one. They were able to get an 8-5 win as the biggest underdog on the board over the Rakuten Eagles. And in this one for the Ham Fighters, Drew Verhagen, the former Detroit Tigers pitcher, Looked very solid. He goes six innings. He gives up one run. Not necessarily much of a swing and miss guy, but he's always been solid at keeping the game out in front of him and actually had a winning record last year with the Detroit Tigers in a mix of being a long reliever and a starter. So he certainly was able to do a solid job there. And for the Ham Fighters, this is a bunch that they were able to put up 14 hits. Going into this game, they were hitting right around the Mendoza line. So no doubt this was a big slump buster for a team that they really don't have a lot of foreign-born players that they rely upon. Meanwhile, for the Golden Eagles. They do have a couple guys that have been coming up, uh, I would say a little bit more so slow as one of the guys for them, Jabari Blash, was able to get it in this one. And then the other guy that you really want to note is Stefan Romero. He was able to get a hit as well. I believe that he had an RBI, but with that said, certainly was a good job by the Ham Fighters, especially with Drew Verhagen being able to get that start. So that is what we all noticed from the MPB and the KBO on Thursday morning. Now it is that time that we turn our attention a little bit more to the MLB, and we take a little bit more of a look at the pitching aspect of things. Alex Fast, who does a superb job with Pitchers List, is going to be joining me next. We're going to be talking to him about some of the guys that went in the KBO earlier this morning and some of the guys that are going to be going tomorrow, and just how these MLB guys are going to be trying to get ramped up for the condensed season. And that's on the other side, right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. It is great to be joined by our next guest. This man does a great job as the VP of Pitcher List. He does a great job of looking at men that throw a baseball very, very hard from all across the world. He's been doing a great job of keeping up with the KBO. I'm sure that he, much like myself, is very happy that we're going to be getting an MLB season. And you can follow him on Twitter at AlexFast8, as it is AlexFast joining me on the podcast. And it is great to have you back, my friend. Enjoyed the chat last time, man. Good to have you on once again. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk some baseball. So happy we have a season to talk about. The KBO's been a lot of fun, but really looking forward to the MLB. Oh, I agree with you. And before we get to the MLB, we do need to bring up the fact that one of your guys, Cheng Mo Koo, he just got absolutely lit up against the KT Wiz, who I famously call on this podcast as Smiling Blobs. You figured at some point Koo was not going to be able to keep up an ERA south of one, but what really happened to him in that start Thursday morning? Because we know that that was a part of the doubleheader. 
And I do feel like maybe just being a part of a double dip along with the KT Wiz, leaving a double-digit amount of men on base in that first game was just a recipe for a disaster. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you know, he's been fantastic so far up until this point, right? 55 innings pitched of a sub-1 ERA with a 2.44 FIP and a near 10K per nine. So you know he's going to have one game where he's going to struggle. Obviously, this came in a rainy game. The thing I've liked about Kuhn in the past is he's shown a lot of composure for a 23-year-old. There have been instances where he's gotten into jams or given up a solo home run in a game and been able to recover, and he just wasn't able to do it today. He did have the lowest BABIP in the KBO coming into this, so you had to figure it was going to regress a little bit. I'm not too worried. I still think he's going to be dominant moving forward. Pitching Ninja shared a gift with me earlier today that really kind of spoke to how good Ku is. He's so fantastic at shooting knees with that four-seamer. That's not going away. That's not a fluke. As long as he can keep doing that and pairing it with a slider down and in, he's going to keep having success in the KBO. I do agree with you there. And another man that's having a lot of success out there in the KBO, that'd be Dan Straley. But I do find it very fascinating that he was supposed to make his start two days ago, and then he was supposed to make his start earlier this morning. Both games against the Kia Tigers wound up getting rained out. Now he's been rescheduled to be starting Friday morning against the Samsung Lions. Do you think that this might throw him off a little bit just because it is a little bit awkward to think that you're going to be starting Wednesday morning, you don't get the start, you think you're going to be starting Thursday, that gets rained out as well, now you're pushed all the way back to Friday. I have to think that that messes with the guy a little bit because we know that these pitchers really do try to ramp up for that fifth day and they try to really be creatures of habit. Yeah, it's a fantastic point. I mean, we can speak to earlier in the beginning of the year, Dan Straley's first start in the KBO was actually kind of broken up a little bit by rain, and he admitted on the Pitcherless podcast that he struggled a little bit as a result of that, right? But this is a little bit different. He has a little bit more warning. I imagine he saw the weather report and knew in all likelihood this game was going to be rained out as well. He's a consummate professional. He's actually using a service that he mentioned in that podcast as well that I'm writing an article about currently that I'm really fascinated with. They've talked about it in the ESPN broadcast as well. It's called Codify run by Michael Fisher. It's essentially personalized heat maps that are just these pitchers swear by. Liam Hendricks used it last year. Blake Trinan used it in his 2018 career best season. Dan Straley uses it as well. He's bringing in this newly tweaked curveball that he's had a lot of success with. I believe he's thrown 50 or 60 at this point and has not given up a single hit on it. The velocity doesn't really matter in the KBO. He can put that fastball where he needs to. His command issues are behind him. Pairs that with an already dominant slider changeup combination and regardless of rain, I still think he's going to be able to have a good outing tomorrow against the Lions. I think that he's going to be able to be a very good, he's going to be able to go out there and he's going to be able to deliver a good performance. I think that's going to be a lower scoring game as we do have Alex Fast joining me on the podcast. And Alex, the big news, as we know, while the KBO is all well and good, is the fact that we are going to be getting an MLB season towards the latter half of July. It seems like either the 23rd or the 24th is going to be opening day. But we know this, spring training really wrapped up for a lot of these teams right around March 11th, March 12th, somewhere in that neighborhood. So these guys, when they check into spring training, they've had pretty much as much time off as they would for a normal offseason, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. With only three weeks to ramp up, I've got to think that this is going to take a toll on pitchers, and we're going to see a lot of starts in which these guys aren't really making it five innings. And I think that the team's that really have depth with regards to their rotation. Maybe not a whole bunch of dominant guys, but quite a few guys like a Milwaukee Brewers, a Tampa Bay Rays sort of team that they have a bunch of guys out there that are able to give you two, three serviceable innings. 
I think that these are the teams that really have an advantage for the start of this shortened season. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And to echo your point, the GM of the Braves already said they're going to be cautious with their starters, that they're likely going to go two to three innings, maybe some four for the first couple of times through the rotation, and then use several others who can go two to three innings in relief behind them. This is going to be, I believe, the strategy for a lot of teams with dominant bullpens, right? I think we've already seen the Yankees do this in the past. Hey, just get us to the fifth inning. We'll have our bullpen be able to take over. Now you don't even really need J.A. Happ to go into the you know second or third time through the order. You can have J.A. Happ go one, two, three innings and then go to your bullpen right away. It's the same thing with the Brewers. It's the same thing with the Rays. Maybe even the same thing with the White Sox a little bit, right? There's a lot of risk for injury here. And a majority of the pitchers that we've talked to in the offseason, none of them have you know fallen off, of course. They've all stayed active. They've all remained working out, but they've stayed in this weird period of stasis, right? Where they haven't really started throwing as hard as possible, but they haven't really dialed it back down. So in some ways that concerns me a little bit, right? We don't know what we're going to be able to see. If you are someone who's going to be drafting a fantasy team, I think the best advice that I could give you right now is wait, wait, wait. If you can do it even on July 22nd, that's when you want to be drafting these fantasy teams because we're in unheralded territory. We don't know what's going to happen with them as they start to ramp up. I know in the KBO, when they had their little break, we saw a lot of lower body injuries, specifically two hitters as they ramped back up. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. But I'd be waiting as long as possible to look at these fantasy teams so we can get a good sense of who's going to make it through this spring training to unscathed. To your point, with regards to lower body injuries, I remember Yuji Yang in a game on ESPN for the Dinos first couple weeks of the year. He wound up just ripping his hamstring when he was rounding first going into second base. He was on the shelf for a little bit due to that. So I am very glad that you brought that up. And how are pitchers trying to stay in shape right now? Because like you said, they're sort of in that twilight period where they're not completely shut down, but they certainly aren't at game speed either. I know that from a lot of guys that we've heard, like Josh Lindblom has come on ESPN. They say that they've been throwing to a tarp. I know that there are guys that they're playing catch with some of their sons, but obviously you're not going to be able to throw necessarily too fast like a 10-year-old kid unless if, well, there's something very, very strange going on there. But I have to think that it's sort of a every guy has his own sort of thing. And some of these guys that wound up saying out there in Arizona, like a Trevor Bauer, like those guys with the Chicago Cubs, they might have a little bit of a leg up as a result. Yeah, it's a great point. Some of the guys that we talked to who stayed out in Arizona were able to work with some teammates that stayed in Arizona as well, right? A lot of guys just stayed near their spring training facility. They didn't leave the entire time and they stayed with their teammates and they were able to practice, right? We talked to Pablo Lopez, who I believe was able to work with Jorge Alfaro because they were both essentially based out of Miami. We talked to Asher Wojciechowski, who has his own personal gym, so he's able to stay active in his gym and then go out and do a little bit of a long toss. And then we saw guys like Joe Kelly who's trying to throw into a tarp and ends up breaking a window oh instead. So everyone's kind of got their own way to ramp up. And then, of course, you already brought up, I think you brought up Trevor Bauer. He's been a guy who's been filming these YouTube videos where he's essentially doing live at-bats against guys like Hunter Pence, I believe, came out today on YouTube. So he's staying active as well. I believe all of these guys have been doing some of these programs in and of their own right. But yeah, there's going to be some rust in the first couple of weeks during spring training. But with that said, it's actually going to make spring training much more entertaining, right? And a more truncated spring training, we're going to be able to get a really good idea of how prepared these guys are in these first couple of outings. And what do you expect from the spring training as well as we do have Alex Fast joining me on the podcast from Pitcher List? Because what I've been hearing with regards to spring training is that everyone's going to be training in their home city. So the Milwaukee Brewers are obviously going to be training in Milwaukee, so on and so forth. I think the lone exception 
might be the Toronto Blue Jays since they're in the country of Canada. You've got the quarantining rules. I think that there's still a lot to be decided with that team. But with that said, who knows how many games they're going to be able to get against other teams, if too many at all, because I think that that's a real question because we know that the MLB is looking to cut down on travel, which is why the NL Central is really going to be playing no one other than the NL Central and the AL Central this year. It's all going to be division and those interleague games against the same division in the same region. So I do think that that's a big question to be answered as well. Yeah, it's going to be a crapshoot for sure. I mean, we're going to see things that we have never seen before, and I don't really know what to expect. They haven't made an announcement about who's going to be practicing against who. So it's kind of up for grabs at this point. I would imagine it would be the closest team available with the Yankees maybe doing some spring training games against the Mets and vice versa so they can limit travel, especially with all the things that are going on recently with the COVID pandemic. It's something that we're going to have to keep track of moving forward. It's going to be a very fluent situation across baseball baseball for the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. And Alex, we know that we don't have MLB baseball coming up this Friday morning, but the MPB got started up last week. I've been having a lot of fun with that. The KBO obviously has been very fun and exciting, very unpredictable for people like myself. That could be a little bit of a pain, but regardless, fun and exciting. But is there a pitcher or two that's going to be throwing Friday morning in either league that you should have your eye on? We've obviously mentioned Dan Straley already, but there have been quite a few guys in both leagues that have been putting up some really good numbers earlier this year. Yeah, to be honest, NPB has been difficult for me to watch because they've been, you know, doing a lot of takedowns of the videos on Twitter, which is a little bit unfortunate. The one thing I have been keeping track of is as an Orioles fan, hearing Adam Jones hit that first home run for the Oryx Buffaloes a couple of days ago, that really brought a smile to my face. The fact that you're an Baltimore Orioles fan and have not given up on them, you deserve a medal of honor. And as a result, <laughs> you get to plug whatever you want on this fine podcast, Alex. I'd like to close it up with this. The fact that you are a Baltimore Orioles fan shows right there that you are a man that you are not going to give up no matter how bleak it looks. And I know that you do an absolutely fantastic job with pitchers list. Put out some great work, been doing a nice job of looking at these KBO pitchers. You're doing a great job of looking at what's going to be a truncated season as well. So let the good people at home know what you're all working on and how they're able to follow you on social media. Yeah, so go ahead and follow me on Twitter at AlexFast8. And I've got an article coming out early next week about the guy who Dan Straley is using to give him some success and Michael Fisher over at Codify. Other clients include Liam Hendricks, Sean Doodle, Blake Trinan, and plenty more. Coming out next week, excited to get it out there. Thanks for having me. Alex, always a pleasure, my friend. You did a great job, by the way, when you were on ESPN as well. Does an absolutely terrific job with pitchers list. So big thanks to Alex Fast for joining me right here on the baseball betting podcast now it is that time of the podcast which i give you a side in total on every game for friday mornings mpb and kbo boards as we touch them all welcome back to the baseball betting podcast with greg peterson as we're off to a quality start and now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion and we are back here in lovely las vegas for the baseball betting podcast myself greg peterson Big thanks to Alex Fass of Pitchers List for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast, which I give you a side in total on every game on today's MPB and KBO betting boards as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed, at GNRSquarty1. As per usual, unlike betting in the MLB, with these foreign leagues, you're typically betting on the team and the team only. The only place I've really seen that you're able to go pitcher-dependent is over at Pinnacle. Past that, you're betting on the team, so let's say that you think that for the Kia Tigers that Drew Gayone is going to be getting the start. Instead, it's Drew, the guy from next door who's going to be pitching because he magically went through the two-week quarantine and everything like that that comes with South Korea, well, you're stuck with neighbor Drew. So 
you do have that going on as per usual. Going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. And since these games are first with regards to a time aspect, we are going to be starting in the MPB. And that begins with 304-101-304-102. The Chibalote Marines are going to be playing the Oryx Buffaloes. If you're taking a look at the Buffaloes, they're going to be looking to circle the wagons as they're anywhere between a plus 110 and plus 115 underdog. Meanwhile, with the Marines, you're laying anywhere between minus 130 and minus 135. Your total on this game is 7 with the over. You've got anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110 juice. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The pitchers for this one going for the Oryx Buffaloes. It is going to be Teisuke Yamioka. I'm doing my best on these names. Trust me, they are a little bit out there, but he's going to be going for the Oryx Buffaloes and it's going to be Eyumu Ishikawa, who's going to be going for the Lotte Marines. And for the Oryx Buffaloes, Yameoka has actually been very solid for this team. He's a 24-year-old that during the 2019 season, 13-4 record, but I feel like that was a little bit overinflated. He had a 3.71 ERA. He does a good job of getting swings and misses. 8.2 strikeouts per nine innings. That is very promising, but this is a guy that he'll pitch to a little bit of contact. Over eight hits given up per nine innings, so I do find that to be a little bit fascinating, and this is a guy that he also was a victim of giving up seven unearned runs as well, so I do think that it's a little bit interesting when you take a look at it from that aspect, and we know this, the Oryx Buffalo's bullpen. It is currently in the bottom two with regards to an ERA standpoint out there in this league, so it certainly has not been getting the job done. And then when you're taking a look at the Marines, this is a team that I mentioned it at the top. They've got two of the best foreign-born hitters that you're going to find out there in this league, Brandon Laird along with Leonis Martin. Laird already has been doing a good job of being able to supply some boom, three home runs and six RBI for him. Leonis Martin, he does a good job of being able to get on. He's one of the best speedsters that you're going to find out there in this league. And then on top of that, you throw in there a guy like Itakiyashi Aguino. He is hitting right around a 300 for the year during the 2019 season. This was a guy that wound up being able to give the team right around a 315 batting average. He's a guy that he's going to be able to give you right around 30 stolen bases as well. So this is a team that they do a very good job with their speed. And this is a team that is much more likely to be able to hold down the fort if it comes to a safe situation. They've got one of the better bullpens that you're going to find out there in this league. And then taking a look at their starter as well. What you're going to find with Mr. Ishikawa is the fact that he does a very solid job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. 0.7 home runs per nine innings. Not much of a swing and miss guy. 6.1 strikeouts per nine, but he is superb at being able to give you a very quality start. And what I like about him as well is the fact that he does a very good job of being able to give this team right around six innings and then the bullpen sort of gets into its normal form with the Lotte Marines. They were really able to do a good job of being able to preserve so many of those bullpen arms yesterday because they really didn't have to dig into it. With the Oryx Buffaloes, we know that they've got probably the most noteworthy player out there in the MPB and Adam Jones. He was able to hit a home run a couple days ago, but you take a look past Adam Jones. You don't have a whole tech of lot with the team. Adderlin Rodriguez, he's someone that right now is hitting right around the Mendoza line. I mean, it's just something that is not necessarily getting the job done. Kenya Watkatsuki is someone that really needs to develop as well. As a 23-year-old out there in this league, he wound up hitting a buck 86 last year with one home run, and yet he still wound up getting over 300 ABs and he's in the starting lineup. This is just an Oryx team that outside of Adam Jones, they really don't have a lot. I am not feeling the bullpen whatsoever. Brandon Dixon, he wound up blowing a save a couple days ago. They just don't have a lot of guys that are able to rely upon. I do think that they're going to be able to get a couple runs, but in this spot, I really do think that we're going to see a little bit of domination here by the Marines. So for that reason, the few, the proud, the Marines is who we're going to be 
going within this spot. And I do think that seven is a little bit too low of a total. So we are going to be going with this total over as well. We move on to 304, 103, 304, 104. The Chinichurri Dragons are going to be playing host to the Hiroshima Carp. If you are looking to get a little bit of fish into your betting diet, you're going to be able to do so, but you have to do so by laying a little bit of a price. They are anywhere between minus 140 and minus 145 favorites. If you're taking a look at the Dragons, you're going to be getting anywhere between plus 120 and plus 125. Your total on this game, it is 7. The 7 has juice anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115 on the over. Under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. Your pitching matchup for this one. Going for our good friends, the Carp. And no, not the Magic Carp. It is Dayashi Osera, and it's going to be Yudai Ono, who's going to be going for the Dragons. And Ono is saying Ono. Oh His ERA is not very good so far this year. He currently has an ERA of a 13.50. Now, I will say this, obviously, a very small sample size, but you take a look at this Carp team. They've been playing some very high-scoring games. Either they're going to give up, like, five-plus runs, or their opponent is going to give up five-plus runs. You really don't have a whole lot of in-between with this team, and they did wind up having to play an extra ending game yesterday, so got to figure that the bullpen is going to be taxed a little bit as a result of this, but then you take a look at the flip side. I am a little bit conflicted by this because I do think that the Dragons have a little bit of a favorable pitching matchup in this one with Ono. I think that he's going to be able to bounce back after he had a really bad start to begin the year because when you take a look at the 2019 numbers for our good buddy Ono, he wound up going 9-8, and eight, but had a 2.58 ERA to boot with that one. He wound up giving up a couple too many home runs. He wound up giving up about a home run per nine innings, but 2.2 walks per nine, right around eight strikeouts per nine innings. So this is someone that he deserved a little bit better than the nine and eight record that he wound up getting. And then when you take a look at the Dragons, they wound up stranding 21 men on base over the course of two games prior to their game that took place Thursday morning. I do think that someone like a Dayan Vizcaino is going to be able to step up. He's going to be able to give this team a little bit of something he had 20 plus home runs last year. Zoilo Almonte, he's not a power hitter, but he is a professional hitter. He's sort of like the Jose Miguel Fernandez of this league. And I do think that with the Dragons, they've got some solid bullpen pitching. And I think that it's a little bit better than that of the Carp. If you're taking a look at our good buddies, the Carp, they just don't have a whole heck of a lot to be able to try it out there when it comes to a bullpen perspective. But they do a very good job with regards to their lineup. They've got quite a few guys that are able to go yard as so far this year, they've been able to get Sia Suzuki going. This guy is one of the most well-rounded players that you're going to find out there in the MPB during his age 24 season in 2019. He wound up being able to hit 335 with a 453 on base. He wound up going deep 28 times, went along with 25 steals. Now, he did get caught stealing 16 times, but still, this guy is absolutely terrific. And then you've got Jose Perella along with Alex Mejia in the fold as well. Both of these guys have some MLB experience, but with that said, I really don't trust in the bullpen of the Carp. I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a higher scoring game. I do think that the Dragons have a good pitching matchup in this one, and they get the job done. So we are going to be taking the Dragons, and we are going to be taking this total over. 304, 105, 304, 106. The Rakuten Golden Eagles are going to be playing Osuli Nippon Ham Fighters. If you're looking to go ham, well, you're going to be able to get a plus price to go ham as the ham fighters are finding themselves right around plus 120 underdogs with the Eagles. You're going to be laying anywhere between minus 138 and minus 140. Your total on this game is 7 over is just anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Under is anywhere between even and minus 105. Your pitching matchup for this one. Going for our good buddies the Eagles. Takehiro Norimoto and it is going to be Kohi Irihara who is going to be going for the ham fighters and Irihara wound up giving up 
I believe it was three runs over the course of six innings in his first start, so he wasn't necessarily great. He wasn't necessarily awful when it comes to that respect. And then you take a look at the other side. This Golden Eagles team is really built on the bullpen. They are in the top two when it comes to bullpen ERA out there in the MPB. Ellen Nets, hopefully I'm saying that correctly, former MLB pitcher. He has really become a good bridge guy for this team. He's able to close out some games. I like what he's able to show. And then with the Raccoon Eagles as well, Jabari Blash is not necessarily a guy that is going to be giving you like 40 plus home runs, but he did give the team 33 last year. He was able to drive in right around 95. 260-ish hitter, but Hidetu Asamura is a guy that you really want to take note of for this team. While he was 28 years old during the 2019 campaign, 33 home runs. This after he had 32 with 127 RBI the season before. He actually saw a little bit of a dip in his average to a 263, but he was drawing a lot of walks, 372 on base. This guy is very solid for this team, so I do like what he's able to bring to the table. You've got those two guys in the middle of the lineup for the Raikouten Eagles. It makes them very dangerous. You've got Stefan Romero as well. This is someone that I Obviously, has a little bit of MLB experience. And then when you take a look at the ham fighters, they really don't have a lot of guys where you say, yep, you're able to hang your hat on him. This is someone that is going to be able to give you a whole lot of power. This is someone that you're really going to be able to hang your hat on. This is a team that was a little bit lesser when it came to power numbers in the MPB for the 2019 season. They were able to absolutely explode Thursday morning, but prior to their game Thursday morning, they were hitting below the Mendoza line as a collective. I think that this is going to be a spot in which they're really going to struggle to put runs up on the board. I think that this is going to be a very good start for Narimoto, who's already 1-0, 129 ERA, one of the up-and-coming stars that you're going to find out there in the MPB. I think that this is going to be flat-out domination. So for that reason, we are going to be going with the Eagles, and we are going to be going with this total under. 304-107-304-108. The Cebu Lions are going to be playing host to the Fukuoka South Bay Hawks. If you're taking a look at the Hawks, you're going to be getting a little bit of a plus price here. It is anywhere between even a plus 105. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Lions, anywhere between my 120 minus 125. Your total on this game is 8.5. Over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Under is anywhere between even a minus 105. Going for the Lions. Here's a name that's easy to pronounce. Zach Neal. And it is going to be Neo Higishiyama, who is going to be going for the South Bank Hawks. And yeah, that is a little bit of a harebrained last name. And when you take a look at Zach Neal, this guy, I think, is doing for a whole, whole lot of regression. Because if you take a look at what he did during the 2019 season in the MPB, it's nothing short of amazing. I mean, this guy wound up having one of the best records in the history of this league, and he was getting four and a half strikeouts per nine innings. I mean, I don't know how to explain it, but the guy went 12 and one with a 287 ERA. He wound up having a grand total of, I think it was 17 starts for him, 25 overall when you take look at AAA and the NPB in total, but he wound up getting 4.6 strikeouts per nine innings. He allowed more than nine hits per nine, and yet he had a 12-1 record. Something here just really doesn't add up. He wound up getting a very good first start. He wound up going six innings. He gave up one hit, and he wound up punching out two. So, I mean, this is your textbook definition, pitcher contact player right here. And then if you're taking a look at the other side, you've got a SoftBank Hawks team that they're doing a good job of being able to put up runs. And with Cebu, it should not be understated the fact that they've got Corey Spangenberg. I think that he might be the most underrated player out there in this league. He had a grand slam against the South Bank Hawks a couple days ago when the Lions were able to get the win. And keep in mind, the Lions, even though they wound up not being able to win the World Series or the Japan version of the World Series last season, they actually had a better regular season record than the SoftBank Hawks that wound up winning that championship. But Wilmer Valentin, 
Two home runs for the team Thursday morning for the South Bangkoks. I really like what he's able to provide in the middle of the lineup. And Sejai Ubiashi, he was a guy that really wound up struggling for the South Bangkoks team during the 2019 season. He's already had a couple home runs for this team. He's gotten off. His batting average is right around at 275. So he's done a good job of being able to rebuild himself. I do like that. I do think that with the South Bangkoks team, they've got a couple guys that you're able to rely upon in the bullpen. They are one of the most deep pitching lineup teams that you're going to find out there in the MPB. I think that that gives them a little bit of an edge, and I do think that Zach Neal is going to be okay in this one, but I do like what this gentleman, Nail Higashihama, is going to be able to deliver. Yes, that is a mouthful, but he wound up going 7-5 and five for the team during the 2018 season, just 2-2 two and two in 2019. He really wore down. You could tell that he was injured, but if you go back to his 2017 season, he was 27 at the time, 16-5, and five, 267 ERA. It looks like he's in pretty much like the most healthy shape that he's been and ever since then. And even in a limited 2018 campaign, he had eight and a half strikeouts per nine innings. This is a guy that has some really good stuff. I think that he's rebuilt. I think that he's going to come out. He's going to be able to give a solid five or so innings and then the bullpen from there is going to be able to take it. So for that reason, we're going to be going with the South Bangkoks and we are going to be going with the total under as well. We move on to game number 304-109-304-110. The Yakult Swallows of Tokyo are going to be taking on the Yamiori Giants. If you're looking at the Giants, they are the biggest favorite that you're going to find out there on your NPB board as they are going to be laying anywhere between minus 185 and minus 190. Meanwhile, your plus price on the Yakult Swallows, anywhere between plus 165 and plus 170. Your total on this game, it is 8.5. Overs just anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. The unders anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. Your pitching matchup for this one. Going for the Yakult Swallows, it is going to be Masonori Ishikawa and it is going to be Tomyoki Sugano, who's going to be going for Yamiyori. And with Ishikawa, I feel like this is a guy that is a little bit of an ageless wonder as it seems like he has been out there in the MPB for forever. And we've got a lot of guys that you're able to say that about here in the MPBS on his very team in the Occult Swallows. You've got Nori, don't call me Steve Aoki. We all remember his time with the Milwaukee Brewers, or perhaps that's just me because I'm a Milwaukee Brewers fan, but he has now been teamed up with Alcides Escobar, so you do have a little bit of that going on, but you take a look at what you're going to be able to get out of Ishikawa, 40-year-old pitcher that wound up going 8-6 for the team last year. Now, obviously, he's not going to be a great swing and miss guy. Last year, he wound up having right around 6.5 strikeouts per 9 innings, gave up about 1.3 home runs per 9, so he's going to give up a little bit of contact, but he's just an innings eater. He's going to give you a six plus innings pretty much every time out. This is a bullpen of the Swallows that has actually been doing a pretty solid job as well. I will say that they've done a very good job of being able to revamp that with the Swallows. This is a team that has won the best out there in the MPB of being able to get some home runs as well. Yakiyanta Mariaki is able to give the team a little bit of power as well. He's hitting a little bit over a 300 so far this year. He's already got long bomb during the 2019 season. He had 36 home runs, only had a 231, so he needs to up that average a little bit, but he does a very good job of being able to crank out a little bit of power, and then you've got a guy in Scott McGo who's able to give you some relief pitching as well. And then if you take a look at the flip side, it's going to be interesting to see what the Yamiori Giants are going to be able to get in this one, because with the Giants, they have Gerardo Parra in the fold. He had a three RBI game over the weekend. This is someone that is really finding his form out here in Japan, but this is a little bit questionable with this team, because I just don't know what you're going to be able to get out of Sugano. He wound up going 11-6 and six last year, but I feel like he was a little bit 
bit lucky in the process. A 389 ERA. This is someone that he's an innings eater once again. 22 starts, 136 in a third inning. So he's going to carry the mail for the team. But with that said, what else he's going to do is give up home runs. 1.3 home runs per nine innings. He does get right around eight punch outs per nine, but he also gives up a lot of contact. And with the occult balls, you've got guys in Alcides Escobar, Nori Aoki, and a couple of developing guys I think are going to be able to put bat to ball. I think that this is a little bit of a bad matchup. I think that this is going to turn into a little bit of a higher scoring game. So we're going to be taking the over, and we're going to be taking the biggest underdog on the board with the Swallows, and this is the last game on the MPB board before we go to the KBO. 304-111, 304-112. The Hanjin Tigers are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Yakaoma Bay Stars. Hey, baby, this team is a favorite once again. With the Bay Stars, you're going to be laying anywhere between minus 130 minus 135. Hanjin Tigers are anywhere between plus 110 and plus 115. Your total on this game is 7. The over is just minus 115. The under is minus 105. Your starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for the A-Bay Bays, it is our good friend Shakorta Imajana, who is going to be facing off against Yuki Nishi of the Hanshin Tigers. And with Mr. Nishi, eh, it's okay. I mean, this is a Hanshin Tigers team that got a little bit of a better start than they expected yesterday, so that should help them out a tad. They do have a guy in Nishi that's going to be taking the mound that during the 2019 season, he was actually quite solid. 10-8 record. This after he was pitching for the beginning half of his career with the Oryx Buffaloes. He went 10-13 in 2018 with the Buffs, but once again, guy that's going to give you a whole bunch of innings. 26 starts during the 2019 campaign. 172 and a third innings, and he doesn't walk, guys. One point nine walks per nine innings. Here's his problem, though. He doesn't have a lot of swing and miss stuff. 5.8 strikeouts per nine innings, so obviously that's going to be a little bit of an issue, and he's going to be going up against a team in the Yakuoma Bay Stars that they are really getting things going with their bats. With the Bay Stars during the offseason, they did a very good job in signing Tyler Austin. He was able to get the first home run of his MPB career Thursday morning. You've obviously got our man Jose Lopez. We all remember him from being out there with the Saints for quite a while. I think he was most probably with the Seattle Mariners. I will leave that to your own imagination as I know that he was also with the White Sox and the Cleveland Indians, so I'll let you decide that one. This guy's getting up there in years, but during the 2019 campaign, he was still able to belt out 31 home runs, only in a 241, so this is obviously not a guy that's going to put a whole lot of bat to ball, but Toshiro Miyazaki is a guy that certainly is able to do so. This is a guy that for the base stars, I feel like is going to have a big year. He's hitting a 284 last year. He was able to give the team 22 home runs. That was a little bit of fall from the 34 they had the season before, but he's already got a couple of home runs so far this year. He's been doing a great job hitting nearly a 400. I know that it's early, but he's done an absolutely superb job there. And when you take a look at the base stars, they've got one of the most trustworthy relief pitchers that you're going to find. Every team, it seems like, has a foreign-born reliever that they're able to rely upon. Spencer Patton is at for the team. He was able to be saved yesterday because it was just a blow up for our good friends, the ABB Stars, so you always have to like to see that. And with who's going to be taking the mound for the Bay Stars in Imagana, this is someone that I think is going to be able to deliver a very good start. He wound up losing his first start of the campaign as he wound up being able to go for the team five innings and he gave up two runs, but this guy is once again an innings eater. He wound up going 170 innings at 25 starts last season. That is just absolutely ridiculous. Had a 13-7 and record, 3-12 ERA. He does give up a home run per nine innings, but he's one of the best swing and miss guys that you're going to find out there in the list, this league. 9.8 strikeouts per nine. That was at age 25. He's right in his peak. I think that this is going to be a team in the Hanshin Tigers with so many aging bats like Kosuke Fukudome. list goes on and on. And a team that was dead last in home runs last year that is going to be completely stifled. 
So for that reason, we're going to be going with the Dana Bay, Abe Bay Stars, and we're going to be going with the total under. And now we hit the KBO betting board, and we are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order with these as well. And that is going to be starting with the LG Twins, and they are going to be hitting the road to face off against the SK Wyverns. 304, 601, 304, 602. Wyverns are finding themselves anywhere between a plus 145 and plus 150. Underdog Twins are anywhere between minus 165 and minus 170. Your total on this game is 9.5. The over is just anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Under is anywhere between even a minus 105. Your starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for the LG Twins, it is going to be Casey Kelly. And for the SK Wyverns, you've got John Wook Lee who's going to be going for them. And with Mr. Lee, he's been doing a solid job of being able to keep his ERA down. Now his problem has been walks. I still remember his last start against the Kiwoom Heroes. I think he wound up giving up all three runs in the first inning that he allowed in this game because he walked five in the first inning. There were no errors committed or anything like that. He gave up like one hit and he just walked in a whole bunch of guys. This is someone that has given up at least two walks in each out of his last four starts and in two out of his last three starts at least four, but he's actually in those last three starts only given up four runs. His problem is length. Because he walks so many guys, he's not really able to go past five and a third innings and with the Wyverns, they did wind up playing a double dip but we know this, the LG Twins, they wound up playing a double dip as well. And their bullpen got destroyed in Game 2 against the Kiwom Heroes. With the LG Twins, you've obviously got Roberto Ramos, but he's actually been very cold with regards to home runs. Over the last two and a half weeks, he's only got one home run, so he's been going into a little bit of a funk there. With Casey Kelly, he just hasn't been the same pitcher so far this year. He's got a 5 ERA, and I would say about 80% of the runs that he's given up have been in the first two innings, so he certainly comes out of the gates a little bit cold with the Wyverns. This is a team that is starting to get it going with the bats as well. Jung Cha was was able to get a home run. He's now got six home runs over the last two and a half weeks for this team. He was in the top five in the KBO and home runs last season, so you've got to like the fact that he's starting to get it going. And then with SK as well, Jamie Romack is an on-base percentage right around 400. You don't have a whole lot of guys that do a good job of being able to get on base in general, but they do have a little bit of something promising and Ji-Hoon Cha, he wound up going into a little bit of a funk the last two weeks, but he was able to do a good job in that double dip. And I think that by and large, we're going to find two teams that are going to have a little bit of a tougher time in being able to generate runs with the LG Twins. It just feels like they're in a funk because Ramos is not hitting those home runs. Hansu Kim, the machine, he's still a very good hitter. He's hitting right around a 350 for this bunch, but he doesn't have that home run power. And then you still have the ageless wonder in Kunwoo Jung, who's been doing a very good job for this team. Hitting at 259, he's been able to give the team a home run, but once again, not the power they once had. think that this is going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game. I actually trust in the Wyverns a little bit more with their bullpen because the Twins bullpen just got taxed in that second game. So we're going to be taking the total under and we're going to be taking the plus price with the Wyverns. We go on to game number 304, 603, 304, 604. This is stunning. The Hanwha Eagles are playing host to the KT Wiz, a.k.a. Smiling Blobs, and steam is coming in on the Hanwha Eagles. This is not a drill. This is not a test. I am not the onion. Money is coming in on the Hanwha Eagles, ladies and gentlemen. They were right around a plus 125 and plus 130 to start out with. They are anywhere between plus 105 and plus 110 right now. Smiling Blobs are your favorite anywhere between minus 125 and minus 130. Total on this game, you're going to be fighting it at 9.5 at most books. With a 9.5, over juice anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Under is anywhere between even a minus 105. The reason why money is coming in on the Eagles, they've got Warwick Sapple going on the mound, and he's going to be going up against Hun Jun So. And 
and Hundrun, so, well, he's so-so, and that's putting it politely. 4-4 record, but 6-0-2 ERA. When you take a look at this guy, he has given up at least three earned runs in pretty much six out of his last eight starts. I mean, it's something that is not very promising, and that's putting it very politely. He is someone that is not going to give you a whole lot of strikeouts, 20 punch-outs and 43 in the third innings. I will say this, he only has given up 12 walks, so that is encouraging, but with that said, Warwick Sopple, he has been absolutely terrific recently. 4-4, four four, but he's got a 339 ERA. Last two starts against Tucson on the road against NC. 12 and a third innings. He did give up four runs, but only one of which was earned. 11 punch outs and no true walks. He had three hits batsmen, but no actual four ball walks. So I find that to be very fascinating. And with Hanwha, all of a sudden, we are noticing that the offense is starting to come alive. They were just able to pound the Samsung Lions into submission Thursday morning. I thought that that was very fascinating with Hanwha. You don't have a lot of power. Ever since they wound up releasing Jared Hoying, their foreign-born player, they've actually been doing a little bit better, and you are starting to find a little bit of something with the outfielders. You've got someone like a young Koo Lee sitting right around at 260. Jun Hu Jung, he's hitting at 285, so these guys are certainly doing a little bit of something. Sun Jin Oh at the shortstop spot has been hitting at 333. On base, nearly a 400. And this is a bullpen that all of a sudden is doing pretty solid and they wound up not getting badly taxed yesterday. And then you take a look at the other side. This is a smiling blob team that they had to go into their bullpen left, right, and sideways because they wound up playing a double hitter against the NC Dinos. They don't have good pitching to start with, but you do have a lot of power. Men Rojas right now leads the KBO in home runs. This is a guy that has an on-base percentage above a 400, hitting a 384. He has hit 15 long bombs and 43 RBI. Beko Kung, despite the fact that he's missed a couple weeks, and home runs, 25 RBI. Jungdae Bay. Abebe, this guy has been doing an absolutely terrific job of being able to give you a 350 or so batting average. I mean, he has been absolutely terrific with that regard. So you got a lot of guys that could get on for KT. I think that Hanwha might have, I don't know what the name of the Cleveland Indian skipper from the movie Major League is, but I think they may have listened to one of his pep talks and he was explaining what a win streak is. I think that Hanwha finally has grasped what a win streak is, and I think that they're going to be able to pull one off. I think that Soppold winds up going seven strong, giving up two or three runs. I think that they get into the bullpen of the Smiling Blobs, and I think they hit it hard. So we are going to be taking the plus price here of Anwa, and we're going to be taking this total over as well. We move on to game number 304-605, 304-606. The Tucson Bears are going to be playing against the NC Dinos. NC Dinos are finding themselves a short favorite in this one. You're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 120 and minus 125, and your total on this game, it is 11. The over juice anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. Your pitching matchup for this one, Jung Ji Park is going to be going for Doosan, and Jayhawk Lee is going to be going for NC. This probably explains why a lot of the 10 and halfs have turned to 11s, as Lee has not necessarily been good for the NC Dinos recently. You take a look at his last two starts. He combined six and two-thirds innings, giving up six runs, all of which were earned. That is not going to necessarily get the job done. Now, I will say this. With regards to walks, he's not too bad. He has given up 13 walks in 40 and a third innings. It's acceptable. He's given up three home runs, but he just has not been able to find it recently, and he's going up against a Doosan lineup that, other than game two of that double dip against SK, they certainly have been dialed in. They've won six out of their last seven, but with Park, I have a feeling that regression is going to set in. His first start against Hanwha, he goes four and two-thirds innings. He gives up three runs. He had six scoreless against the LG Twins on ESPN, but 
This is someone that he's spent a lot of time out there in the minor leagues. I don't think that he's going to be ready for prime time against the NC Dinos, a team of which one through nine best out there in the KBO. Aaron Altair was able to hit a home run Thursday morning in that double dip. You've got Sung Bum Nah. He's got a double digit amount of home runs. He's in the top five of the KBO and RBI. You've just got bat upon bat that is able to deliver for the NC Dinos. And it needs to be explained that the NC Dinos have a man in their lineup that is hitting a 345 and nobody talks about him. Minji Lee. 345 batting average. He has given the team only one home run, which is why he goes a little bit under the radar, but he's been doing a great job with that regard. You've got Jin Sung Kong hitting a 382. Min Woo Park at the top. He's able to give the team a 300 batting average. I mean, the list goes on and on. Now, if you do have a weakness with NC, it is a bullpen, and man, did it get taxed yesterday. And with Dusan, they had to go into their bullpen as well because in game one of that doubleheader, they wound up having to get more than 18 outs out of that bullpen as well. Now, I will say for the Doosan Bears, the bullpen has been a little bit better, and you obviously got guys like Jose Miguel Fernandez that are hitting above a 350. You get back JLO. This is someone that's hitting a 336. He's been able to provide 22 RBI, and then Subin Jung hitting a 277. He's been able to do a good job of driving in runs, and then Jaywon Kim, 273 batting average, former KBO MVP, 10 home run, 43 RBI. You've got a what he's able to do, but I think that this is going to be an offensive fireworks display. I think that the NC Dinos have a little bit more than the Doosan Bears in this spot. So for that reason, laying it here with the NC Dinos, and we're going to be taking this total over. 304-607, 304-608. The Lote Giants are going to be playing those to the Samsung Lions. If you're looking to take Lote, you're going to be laying a Lote Juice, anywhere between minus 160 and minus 165 with the Lions, anywhere between plus 140 and plus 145. I am seeing some face bombs at that Lote joke, but with that said we've got to go to the total of eight and a half with the eight and a half overs anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110 on the juice unders anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115 actually dan straley is going to be your pitcher for the lote giants meanwhile it is going to be tay in juan who's going to be going for the samsung lions and juan has been really on his game so far this year 319 era now he got blown up in his last start against the kia tigers winds up giving up six runs over the course of five innings but with that said he really had only one other start this year that he gave up more than two runs so you take a look at what he's been able to do. He's had eight starts so far this year. Six of them, two runs or fewer given up. I think that this is going to be a good bounce back spot against a Lote team that they've got a lot of guys who are doing a good job of getting on. Asap Sun, Deho Lee, these guys are hitting above a 300. You really don't have a guy that's going to give you a whole lot of power, though. I do like the fact that Dixon Machado, over the last two and a half or so weeks, has been hitting above a 350. That's huge, but with Samsung, you do have to question whether or not Tyler Saladino is going to be out there in the fold, so that no doubt is going to hurt their offense a little bit. You do have a couple guys who are doing a very good job of being able to get on base. Someone like a Young Jin Cha has been hitting nearly a 300 along with Ji Chang Kim. These guys in the infield have been able to provide a little bit of something. And then Hachu Lee all of a sudden has been able to find it. This guy was ice cold to begin the year. But you take a look, ever since June 14th, this is someone that has seven multi-hit games. So he has been able to do an absolutely superb job there. And then Ja Wu Koo, 340 batting average, has been superb with his four home runs as well. But you don't have a lot of power in this lineup. And then when you take a look at the flip side for Lote, they've got guys who are able to get on base. They've got a trustworthy bullpen but I actually like the Samsung bullpen as well. And even though David Buchanan should not have been pitching in the sixth inning, he did wind up saving a very good bullpen. And with Dan Straley, absolutely terrific pitcher. Alex Fast was gushing about him a little bit earlier, and rightfully so. 2-10 ERA, 1-2 record, despite the fact that in nine starts, he has won 55 and two-thirds innings, 62 strikeouts, 17 walks. He just has been the victim of bad luck. This is someone that has given up more than two runs just once so far this year, but I do think the fact that his start has been pushed back two days is going to mess with him a little bit, and I think that as a result, in a pitcher's duel, 
Tayan Wan is going to be able to win it. I still think it's going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game, but I think that Straley gives up maybe a run more than he typically does, and I think that's going to be the difference. So we're going to take the plus price here with the Lions, and we're going to be taking this little under, and we wrap things up with game number 304609-30460. The heroes of Kiwoom are going to be playing host to the Kia Tigers. If you're taking a look at the Tigers, you're going to be laying a little bit here, anywhere between minus 120 and minus 130. Heroes are anywhere between even money and plus 112. Your total on this game is 9.5 over Zeus, anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. Unders anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. Starting pitching matchup for this one. You've got Drew Gagion, who's going to be going for the Kia Tigers. Meanwhile, you've got Young Gun Joe, who's going to be going for Key Womb. The fact that Drew Gagion is only right around a minus 120 to minus 130 favorite, to me, is just a little bit of too much respect for Young Gun, which, for one, best name that you're going to find out there in the KBO, but this guy is not one past four innings in any of his last three starts. He's one past the fourth inning once this year. That is not good. I will say that this is a key wound bullpen that has been pretty solid, but they had to go 18 innings yesterday, which means that the bullpen is going to be taxed. So I do think that that's going to be just a mammoth issue. Meanwhile, with the Kia Tigers, with Drew Gagion, he's only going on one extra day of rest, so it's not like his schedule was too badly thrown off. And what else is big for Kia is the fact that Sunbin Kim is back to the fold. This is someone that's hitting above a 350 for this team. Preston Tucker won the best in the KBO with regards to RBI. He's got a double-digit amount of home runs. And then you've got a couple ageless wonders for this team. Two guys that are 35 plus years old that are both hitting a 290 or greater with 24 plus RBI in G1 Na, along with Hung Woo Cha. I love what they're able to do. And what else is big for this team? Ho Rung Kim. Ever since he's been moved to the starting lineup at the leadoff spot a few weeks ago, hitting a 328, three leadoff home runs already for the team so far this year. And then when you take a look at the flip side for Ki Woon, Byung Park has really been able to find it. Four home runs in the team's last five games. That is very big with Ki Woon. They're all of a sudden second in the KBO when it comes to the standings. They no doubt have been playing some very good baseball, and a big reason why. How about Jung-Hoo Lee? 382 batting average, 7 home runs, 31 RBI. In my opinion, he has a case for KBO MVP at this point. Ha Sung Kim, he's been able to deliver a little bit of something as well. 386 on base. He's been able to go deep 10 times. So this is a team that's coming together. Couple that with Dung Won Park, the trustworthy catcher, not the one that we saw on ESPN a few weeks ago that wound up providing that basis clearing strikeout for the Lotte Giants, but he's got 9 home runs, 30 RBI. He's hitting at 300, but I just think that this is a key wound bullpen that is going to be badly taxed. I think that Gagion, ever since he stopped tipping his pitches at the beginning of the year has been doing a much better job. And with Kia, they've got a very well-rested bullpen. I'm not going to say it's a great bullpen, but I think that it's solid. And I do expect that Gagion, a guy that has been a little bit up and down this year, should be able to have a very good start. He's given up more than four earned runs just once so far this year. He has been a little bit rough. He's given up three runs in total in each of his last four starts. A couple of those were unearned, though. He's been a little bit of a victim of bad luck. Actually, I'll be honest with you. He's been a whole lot of a victim of bad luck. I think that that turns around here. So we're going to be taking the under, and we're going to be taking the Kia Tigers. And now we'll wrap things up for the Thursday afternoon slash Friday morning edition of the Baseball Betting Podcast. With myself, Greg Peterson. Big thanks to Alex Fass of Pitchers List for joining me in the last segment. If you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and tune in. If you ever have any questions for the podcast, fair in my timeline at Jerry's 41. Hopefully you're all safe, healthy, and doing well. I'll talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you. 